0: 21cl radio happy monday morning to you this is michael boll and you're listening to the education vanguard where we are on a mission yes that's right we're on a mission to recognize educational leaders and share their knowledge today as part of that mission we have jason Cohn and patrick green of singapore american school failure is an option This is not something we hear very often in a school setting today. Can you imagine getting up in front of your students or staff and telling them it is okay to fail? Well, after listening to Patrick and Jason, you might do that. Patrick Green and Jason Cohen are educators and leaders from the Singapore American School, one of the largest international schools in Asia. Their school is on a research mission to learn and understand how they, really we, can improve our delivery of education to students. As part of this mission, SAS has been sending their staff all around the globe in search of innovative, and research-based examples for how to better deliver our curriculum. This effort landed Patrick and Jason in New York City for the 99U Conference, a conference with a sharp focus on entrepreneurship, design, and believe it or not, the power of failure. I talked to them about their takeaways from the event and how we can apply it to our current educational paradigms. Enjoy the program. Patrick and Jason, it's so great to have you guys on the program.
1: Thanks for having us. We're excited to have a chat.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to talk to you guys, and I know you guys want to talk about the 99U conference. And by your own admission, you said it wasn't really a conference for educators. So what were you guys doing there?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, we, we tried to position it really as a kind of step out of that zone, out of that thing that we know as educators. And I think... Actually, that's a lot of our learnings came back that it was more real world. It was, uh, you know, I, I like to kind of think of a little subtitle as what we learned when educators went to a design conference not designed for educators.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so I think we had some unexpected learnings, and uh, that's kind of what we were hoping for.
0: And Jason, did you get the same takeaways yourself?
1: Yeah, very much so. I think you know, as Patrick said, we tend to kind of immerse ourselves in the same kinds of experiences when it comes to professional learning. So whether we are actively leading uh, professional learning at the, you know, the types of conferences and events that we go to or are attending them, it was really eye-opening, I think, for both of us to be immersed, as Patrick said, sort of in the real world and, and particularly around the ideas of design and creativity and entrepreneurship, which we obviously, as schools, we highly value, and but one of the things I think we both felt was, you know, none of us really, or very few of us, have ever worked in that industry or or, or have a lot of experience in it. So to be immersed in that was really, really invigorating for
0: us. So let's talk about what you, when you just mentioned, entrepreneurship, and, you know, I agree. I think that's important in schools, and that seems to be a shift that's been happening, and... How do you guys feel about that? Why do you feel that entrepreneurship is important? Don't we want our kids just to learn to read and, and do some math problems or something?
2: Well, you know, interestingly, one of the things we had an opportunity to do was we visited a studio, the Frederator Studios. They, they kind of produced some cartoons. Um, and the first thing we did is we went around the room and everybody kind of said what their job is. And essentially no one said, I'm an entrepreneur. They said, I do this or I do that. Um, but they were all people who had the skills to be able to switch and do something else. I think that that's kind of the idea with entrepreneurship is that you might have an idea. It might be an idea that could change the world. And are you, are you in the same job for the rest of your life? Or are you in a position with the skills that would help you to make that idea come to life? And we were with a thousand people that were really in that industry of, if you have a good idea, get out there on your own and make it happen. And I, I do think that we think that's something we want our kids to be able to do. Maybe not versus the work in one job for 30 years,
1: but certainly I think that's yeah. an ideal that is getting more popular. And I think also it's 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 really the mindset, you know, that 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 word is really trending, whether it's sort of the Carol Dweck definition in her book or just in general of how you approach things, whether it's problem solving or design or even within your own industry, having that entrepreneurial mindset um, is really one of the sort of critical skills I think that we want our kids to come away with, regardless of what profession or passion they pursue. Um, And again, I think we talk a lot about it in schools, but it's not something I think that's inherent in the culture of how we operate as educators. So being immersed in that and being surrounded by people who have that approach and mindset. And the other thing that was amazing, I think, was not only were we immersed with a thousand other people attending the conference, but the people we, we listened to speak both at the Frederator studio and just throughout the conference were, were sort of at the peak of their game mm. in entrepreneurship and, and had reached these mega successful heights, which, again, isn't necessarily what we want all our kids to aspire to, but it was really um, impressive to see the, and hear from those people in the industry.
0: So when you hear from those people, and, and you've talked a little bit about this, how uh, people need to be flexible, Did are there any sort of traits or patterns you noticed in their speeches, sort of personality aspects that they might have that we could uh, demonstrate to our kids?
2: Well, one theme that emerged was the idea of failure. Um, it,
0: so, no, wait, wait, wait—that's not an option in school. We can't <laughs> fail, and then otherwise we're not going to college. We're losing our jobs. Uh oh. You know that—that's actually the title of one of the guys' um, talks.
2: Was okay. failure is an option? <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> actually, it, it was even from our first studio. The the conference started off with a studio visit, and then we heard from all of these. Um, speakers but from the very first thing at the studio visit it was like you know you're gonna your ideas are not going to work out nine out of ten times and and that just kept being repeated over and over again and so I guess the the trait was that these are people that could keep iterating that could keep coming at it from a new angle that could take feedback and could tweak their product or their idea and or bail on one and start a new one and, and just kind of keep going that um grit, that ability to keep going at it. And, you know, we, when we talk about failure in schools, board members, I mean, at schools anywhere, they don't want to hear that because, you know, in the, in the business world, failure means I lose my job. Well, that was not the message of this conference. It was that failure is how you learn and get ready for that next idea and keep going and push through and make your idea happen.
1: You know, another, another theme I think we, we heard a lot about was, again, one that we often, I mean, actually always referred to in terms of, you know, 21st century skills is collaboration. And, and particularly with these top CEOs of these super successful companies, how over and over what they said that they in really intentionally do is surround themselves with really skilled, collaborative people. Because they know that what led to their success was not not the result of their own individual efforts. In fact, none of them would have been where they are if it wasn't for the collaborative sort of cultures that they immerse themselves in. And again, I think we talk a lot about that from the school or education standpoint. But we tend to want to whether it's collaboration or creativity, we tend to want to sort of rubricize everything and create a rubric for that, and that's that's how you know you're successful. Mm-hmm. Where these guys, their success really was, you know, how it, it was. They have multi-billion dollar companies, and that's that, that's their indicator of success.
2: Yeah, how the audience or the market responded to their tweaks and changes.
0: So there's a saying in management, they say you you measure what you, or you manage what you measure. So in schools, that can be standardized testing or, Jason, as you mentioned, rubrics. So do you see, can we change? our schools and do you see even maybe that trending where we'll be measuring something different and then we'll go ahead and manage that. And we'll be less concerned about the specific tests and rather we'll let people become get, to get to mastery and fail until they get to that point. What do you guys think?
1: Well, I think, I think we should head in that direction. And I think it more than likely will be a blend of sort of the traditional ways in thinking of a rubric as a traditional um, assessment tool. And even, testing to some degree combined with much more authentic ways to get feedback and assessment and like patrick said it's it's really you know putting your product or your design or your idea out there for the for people to see and respond to you know whether it's the more typical things that we we are starting to do now like kids designing an app and putting it in google play and getting actual feedback or You know, just like we, we, we know, you know, we have different forms of feedback in social media or on eBay and you get rated as a, as a user in those, in those different platforms. I mean, those are authentic forms of feedback that we really don't tap into. In fact, this conference 99U is um, put on by an organization called Behance and they have a product, which is a really a collaborative online portfolio for creatives to put anything and everything into this digital space at any stage along the, way of its de- along the way of its development to get feedback from everyone that they possibly can. And so I think as schools, if there's opportunities, in fact, Patrick had a great story from a middle school teacher using Instagram. Oh, yeah. To that. Right, yeah. So yeah,
2: You want to tell that story? I was just thinking about that. Um, so Craig Dirksen, one of our seventh grade social studies teacher, was teaching a poverty unit. And kind of his big idea for the unit is that you know you, you students pick a country to learn about to study the poverty there and then they need to develop an ad campaign to um, educate other students their age in that country about the problems in in their country and you know it was it was it was really well set up and that it was open-ended and students are going to come up with different ways of doing this well um so one group of students says, well, we're going to make an Instagram account. And, of course, Craig says, uh, I don't know what that is, but sure, go for it. <laughs> hey, good. And, go. Yeah, and so anyway, he, he kept kind of checking in on them. And the first time he checks in, you know, they're furiously tapping away on their phones. And he checks in on them, and they give an update. Well, we're we're up to 120 followers. And he was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, there's 120 people seeing these kids' messages. Mm-hmm. and And in his head, it was kind of, well, you're just – Making an ad campaign that could work, he didn't actually see students making it work. Mm -hmm. So so these students were actually they had 120 followers. He checks back in with them later, and they're furiously working away again. And he asks them, you know, what's going on? They're like, well, we're down to like 20 followers. We don't know what we've done, and so we're going to make some changes. Well, you know, by the end of the, the the week, they were up to 700 followers. And so, you know, this idea that our students are actually using metrics to like to. Like, was there a rubric for this? He wasn't even expecting them to really actually get their ads in front of people from another country. And here they are tweaking their messages and their uh, strategy until they've seen a large increase in number of engaged audience members. I mean, it's just
0: teachers, we will get there, but the students were already there by using these metrics. So they seemed to already understand that they needed to make a change and just sort of uh, brainstormed their way through it until they figured it out, would you say? Absolutely. And I think even more impressive was
2: that they were doing that without anyone teaching them how to do that. You know, they they were, this was their, because Instagram is their world, they they had enough comfort level in there to be like, well, we we need more followers Mm -hmm. and figure out how to make that work.
1: And I think also it's, you know, the idea of authentic feedback, right? And, you know, whether you're looking at John Hattie's research on feedback or just intuitively knowing that for a kid, that's, it's great that you're getting feedback from your teacher on a rubric or a few peers, but the power of and the in level of engagement and motivation when you know that there's 700 people that are following your Instagram account, I mean, that's that's real. And I think that has a brings with it a level of, of a different level of engagement and obviously sort of authenticity for kids, that I think we should be moving towards. And you know, it's not that complicated, and we don't need to make it so complicated. I think.
2: No, essentially, he. Though it was so well designed, uh-huh. the, the un or the project here that he was able to essentially shrug his shoulders and let them figure it out, which is, I think, where as you know, is where I think the learning happens.
0: So you guys went off to this conference and, you, you know, Singapore American School sent you. Why did they send you to this conference? They expect you to run off and uh, create your own ent- entrepreneurial startup or something? Or do they have other ideas in mind?
1: Well, I think, you know, I, I think our story um, in terms of the work we've been doing on sort of reform and transformation. in yeah, moving. Yeah,
0: please talk about that.
1: Well yeah and, and moving from this you know traditional successful model that we've built a, a really healthy um, program and reputation on into something that is more progressive and and you know not liking the term but really fitting into that twenty first century school's category of you know what we should be doing versus what we talk about doing and and so I think there was there's definitely um, an interest and you know and, and it was really Patrick and I who who sort of initiated this and partly to, I think, to model for our colleagues that we do need to sort of look outside of our own bubble, whether that's, you know, just attending the typical educational conferences or continuing to get training on the, you know, pedagogical approaches that we've been doing for the last 20 years. You know, problem-based learning is a great example. There's nothing new about that. We know what it is. Um, and part of it is just to get on with it, and part of it is just to again to look outside into the industries and world that we 're preparing our kids for um, and and to inspire and kind of invigorate our own learning and doing that in different ways and so that this is just one of the examples of you know how we 're trying to look outside of traditional educational practice, whether it 's teacher training or or organizational culture um... to see what's working outside of the industry the education industry and even that was a great message that we heard you know when it comes to innovation it's you know it's not just about inventing or ideating and coming up with the most unusual unique and creative thing that's never been thought of it's really looking at what works what's working and what's not working And and there's hugely successful organizations in all different types of industries that we can learn from and we just I don't think as schools we do a good enough job of looking outside uh, looking outside the education industry.
2: Yeah I think also I mean everything Jason said and then kind of maybe a bit of a summary that the idea for this conference was make ideas happen and Uh, and essentially we're talking about change in schools and so we've got a number of development teams that are hard at work with proposals and things, and, and those proposals might be a list of 20 different things that we're going to try to do in our different divisions. And, well, we need to be also thinking about strategy around, well, how do you make those ideas happen?
0: So let me, permit me, permit me then to ask you the final question. So you guys are in been in this research and development phase for a year or two now. Let's jump ahead 10 or 15 years. Do you think some of these ideas that you guys are encountering and and getting into will take some firm root, root uh, quite a few years in the future?
2: I hope that some of these take root uh, next year in our school. Okay. As we, uh, you know, because these ideas, we've been talking, I mean, schools have been talking about these things, right? Schools have been talking about how to personalize learning, how to get students involved with more ownership of what goes on in schools um, and what goes on in their own path of learning. So, I mean, I, I hope that it's, it's happening now. I know it's happening. Teachers are changing their practice in our classrooms and, and, and really trying to give more, more ownership over to the student. I think the school, schools at large are slower to make those changes. Um, amazing teachers are doing amazing things to, to adjust to the current world. So hopefully our school structures catch up with some of our more amazing teachers.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, it's it's difficult at times to look out, say, ten to fifteen or even five years. Um, I think sometimes as schools we we over strategize and and over plan things. One of the other one of the other takeaways, I think, and kind of you know confirm for us this approach to design and innovation. Um, sort of this idea of you know iterating and, and radical incrementalism, of making these taking these tiny steps and making small changes along the way, working towards um, you know a bigger outcome in the future, and I think it, that's something that, as Patrick mentioned, we're starting to do a better job of. So we you know we talk about you know being able to fail or embracing failure. But part of being able to do that really is reducing the risk associated with the failure. With the failure, and I think we put these, we put together these big, lofty five and ten year strategic plans, and, in as a result, in some cases, we make, uh, we create a situation where the risk of failure is so high that it, it it's overwhelming and it and it kind of paralyzes us. So I think we're starting to see the, the changes actually manifest. Now, even in our high school, because they're a little further down the path, and as Patrick said, in the middle school, the elementary school, there's changes on a small scale that are taking place. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really hopeful um, that in even five years' time, this school will be a, a, a very, very different place and different experiences for kids.
2: Still focused on literacy, still focused on numeracy, but the way we go about that, maybe focusing more on those other skills like collaboration and creativity um and really being able to see those not just as a layer of add-on but as a core component of the school
0: well, i'll have to be sure to check back in with you guys in five years or so <laughs> definitely do that. all right well i've been speaking with jason Cohn and patrick green they're educators at the singapore international excuse me singapore american school based in as you might have guessed singapore thanks so much for your time today, uh, today guys Thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com.